I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chris Hanning joins me now on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. Chris, what are we listening to? It's a box full of records by Wilco. Their 1995, I think, debut album, A.M., uh, I'll have a meltdown column probably posting sometime during the day today. A couple things before I get to this. This is sort of a Grizzlies have the Bucks tomorrow night. Uh, so uh, uh, a little little breather here. Uh, I, I, I find myself interested in two things. One is, do you play a lot of, do you play Christmas music? And you do a radio show in addition to the, a, radio, a music radio show every week in addition to your spots here. Do you ever do a Christmas uh, show What's your approach to Christmas music? I mean, I don't, I listen to so much music. I don't, it's not like a special occasion time right. to listen to music, kind of Christmas music thing for me. Like we'll usually turn on Christmas music while we're decorating the tree. My wife likes to right. do that, but I don't like spend the entire month listening to Christmas themed music or anything. <laughs> um, um, I, I've done, I'm trying to remember. I, I did one show. I think this will be the third Christmas that I've had a radio show. Um, the, this, this, this iteration of having a radio show. Uh-huh. And I did a, I did Christmas music. I did one Christmas show. I did a Jesus show, which was kind of fun. <laughs> and now that I've done both of those, I, I, I don't know if I'll do. I can always circle back. You can always do a Christmas song show. Um, but so I, I have not planned. I used to plan ahead, and now I like the morning of oh, crap. I have to do a show, and I come up with something. So, what would be in a Jesus show? What What, what did you play in your um, Jesus show? Let's see. Jesus Christ by Big Star was definitely on that show. Um, Jesus, The Missing Years by John Prine, which is a great song, was on that show. Uh, Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum was on that show. Uh-huh. And then I had to go back. Actually, Jesus, Etc. by Wilco was on that show. And that's all I remember off the top of my head. But I came up with an hour's worth. Uh, all pop songs. And in the Christmas category... Are there any Memphis Christmas song or I mean obviously Elvis did Christmas right like are there any everybody does Christmas songs because Christmas songs sell I see um, so yeah we, we we had a I mean, I, I, I've done I've, I've, I've done like I've done a Memphis Christmas song playlist article in the past we ran one from a freelancer Ezra Wheeler and he had some that's actually one of my um, mailbag questions like what's the most Memphis Christmas song. And I'll give I'll give away my answer on that one. I think what I wrote basically was that the most like the most common answers are probably going to be "Blue Christmas" by Elvis, yeah. "Gee Whiz, It's Christmas" by Carla Thomas, and then if you're thinking about it, "Jesus Christ" by Star, which I had mentioned before. My personal favorite is the Otis Redding version of "Merry Christmas, Baby." Did Al Green ever do Christmas? You said everybody does Christmas because it sells. Is Al Green? Oh, I, I'm sure, but off the top of my head, like no, there's yeah. no like Al Green Christmas album or anything. Right. He did lots of Jesus songs, that's for sure. Jesus is <laughs> waiting by Al Green. That was on that was on my Jesus show. All right. 
Um, all right, second total topic out of the blue is I was reading a review of the new Avatar. What's it called? Way of Water or something like that. The new Avatar yep. movie. And it, I did not know. And basically this person was not destroying it, but saying the, the, the point that I remember when Avatar came out, the original Avatar, and it was this big deal. Sort of, you know, whatever. It's going to change the world of film or something is how it was billed. And in fact, it is still the biggest box office movie ever, which stunned me, at least according to what I read yeah. this morning. But but it did not change the world of film. Right. It didn't have a ripple. Like, it didn't do anything. And nope. it was sort of dismissed as a gimmick. And what this person's saying was, this particular movie is more of the same. It's all kinds of wizardry and show-offness and whatever else without humor, insight, or even the reality that he's constructing is so, I don't know, that it almost feels unreal. Like it's, it, 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 it brings attention to its un, inauthenticity, I guess. Um, what did you think? I, I guess what I, when I was reading this, I actually thought I was going to ask you if you hated Avatar. Because I imagine you hated Avatar. But I don't know. What did you think of Avatar? And will you watch this next one? So I remember seeing Avatar, Avatar in the theaters when it came out and with the glasses and the whole shebang. Yeah. And I remember being really impressed by it while watching it and then walking out of the theater and two days after two days never thinking about it again, like ever. And so I remember it being a, an, an impressive theater experience that had, had no, where Lasting, it's like, you know, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I got, I got stuff from movies bopping around in my head all the time. I'm walking around. I was suddenly, suddenly I start thinking of a scene from five easy pieces or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't think about Avatar a single second again, like after I left the theater, basically. Um, so with the new one, I'm kind of struggling with this because. Even though, like, you know, I don't write film reviews anymore because nobody writes film reviews anymore for the most part. I am going to do a year in film list, as I have, I think, every year for the Daily Myth. Yeah, I'm going to do that next week. Since I am still a member of a film critics group and I do get access to screeners, I figure, you know, if they're going to send me stuff, I should share, share my findings with readers, right? Right. So I am going to do a year in film list next week. And I'm, I'm debating whether, like, like I, I'd like to see Avatar before I write that, but, like, there's only so many hours in the day. Right. And do I want to spend three hours of it sitting in, three hours plus sitting in the theater watching this movie that's probably not going to make my, my, my list? Yeah, and so I don't know if I'll get around to that or not. Um, yeah, it's a, um, uh, I, I had something I was, I was thinking about, and I've, I, I've, I've totally forgotten it now. So, um, all right. Anyway, it'll be. Uh, it, it. I guess. I guess. Oh, here. What I was gonna say. It sort of. When it came back, it made me think. Who needed another Avatar? Like that was what I was like after no, all these I, years. I, I, yeah. I don't. I'm. I, I'm. I'm. I'm fine. I, I'm fine without it. But. But there it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on to the NBA. Grizzlies now, by the way, tied for first in the West because New Orleans lost. Utah refuses to do what it should be doing, and uh, New Orleans lost last night. There's been a lot of New Orleans publicity, a lot of New Orleans stories this year, as they have this week, as they have ascended to the top of the West. And uh, Zion's obviously been unbelievable. He has... Uh, uh, averaged in those last eight, 29.5 points, 9.1 rebounds, 5.3 assists while shooting 66.4%. You have been to New Orleans since this Jaws-Zion theoretical um, rivalry was born. 
Do you like it, by the way? Do you like the potential of it? It always, I sort of like, the idea should work, and yet I guess I come away thinking, do they really even care enough in New Orleans that it works? What do you, what do you, what do you make of the theoretical Jaws-Zion-Memphis-New Orleans rivalry? Oh, I think there is a lot of potential there. And I do think it's a Memphis, you know, it's a Ja-led, Zion-led. It shouldn't just be about those two guys. Right. But to have, you know, they're probably two of the top ten players in the league this season. And they are the top two teams tied at top of the Western Conference right now. And they're both in cities that are like not only six hours apart, but like essentially cultural sister cities right. that are relatively rare, distinctive within the NBA, and then like meaningful to each other. And so, like you know, I wrote a whole thing about about that 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 potential rivalry last year um, about you know this sort of rivalry that was promised and has not materialized. So yeah, I think I think it should be something. Um, I, how much people in the two cities care, or, or more right. specifically, people within the fan bases of the teams in the two cities care? I mean, I think that's an interesting question. Uh, my sense is that Memphis has traveled to New Orleans a little bit better than New Orleans has traveled to Memphis for games. That's sort of what I've witnessed, having you know seen multiple multiple Pelicans Grizzlies games in both cities because I've been twice to, to New Orleans for for New for Pelicans Grizzlies games. I found lots of Memphis people down there for those. I have not detected much in the way New Orleans people up here. And the ones that I've come across, I've said, hey, you're, you know, are you from New Orleans? The answer is always no. Like, we live in Little Rock, but we grew yeah, up we in New Orleans. That yeah. Kind of, yeah, that kind of thing. And so I don't think it's materialized as like a, you know, an exchange program kind of thing in a way right. that it potentially could. But, like, you know, we'll see. Who's roster? So, so I think everyone, you know, uh, every Zion is capable of being – of, of carrying a, 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 a team to an NBA championship the way he's playing now. He just is. But most people, because of the health and weight and everything else, would pick Ja over Zion at this point. Leaving those two aside, whose roster do you like better? And, and whose roster and accumulation, and you may not know off the top of your head what assets both teams have, whose roster and assets do you like better? That's a good question. I think New Orleans, if anything, might have a deeper Roster. I mean, I think you look at their rookie, and it makes sense because their rookie came out of the lottery yeah. with you know 100%. a pick that the Grizzlies should have had. But um, like Dyson Daniels is a way higher upside player than like you know right. any of the Grizzlies rookies, and maybe even more than Zaire Williams. Um, and then you're you're plucking you know um, Herb Jones, right. you know who's as good as Santi Aldama looks uh, like Herb Jones, like in terms of like a guy you plucked late. And they got Trey um, Murphy, either. and they got Trey Murphy on right. that team too. Um, I would say, I guess what I what I would say is that at the top tier, the pieces in Memphis fit cleaner than the pieces in New Orleans. And I've sort of written about this, but if you if you want to say like the real super inner core is Ja, Desmond, Jaron, and for New Orleans it's Zion, Brandon Ingram, what CJ McCollum? CJ McCollum, you know, yeah. uh-huh. it would be. Yeah. So like, the Memphis has a true point guard with an elite shooter and elite front court, big front court defender, like boom, there's your building block. That's what you want. Like that's what you want on the blackboard. Whereas with new Orleans, it's like two offense oriented forwards and a combo guard. And the combo guard is like in his late twenties already. Whereas with the Grizzlies, like all three of those dudes are 23 and 24 years old. And so I think the, the inner core foundation of players, like if you just, and usually that's what matters most. Like our top three guys, your top three guys. Right. I think the Grizzlies are better in terms of who the top three guys are. 
I think New Orleans has even more roster depth. And New Orleans does have probably better assets. I'd have to look under the hood a little bit. Right. But they got more picks, certainly. They got they got all those picks from the Lakers, and then they got picks from Milwaukee when they did the Drew Holiday trade. Yeah, I think that's right. It, it, and I don't know, I, I've stopped to think, if you just ranked those six players where they ranked in, in you know someone's ranking of players, it's possible that the New Orleans players – would have a smaller number, like would total a smaller number as the Memphis players. They just would make more right. sense. But then once you get past those, it's not just that they're deeper. They're deeper with higher upside, too, because then they've got, they've got Dyson Daniels, they've got Herb Jones, they've got Trey Murphy, and they got the Lakers pick, and they got – it just feels like there's more potential real quality in the next raft of players than the Grizzlies have. Um, no, no, I think that's right. But, but again, it's like, you know, at what point is C.J. McCollum going to turn a corner? Right. Um, you know, is Dyson Daniels going to be re- replace him as an inner core guy? And when is he ready? You know, or Zion Ingram? Is that really a great fit long term in the way that, like, say, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are? It's like two forwards. I'm not as sure about that. They're not as good defensively. They don't, you know, I, I, wor- I wonder about the fit there as much. I, I, I just think the inner core – Right. Morant, Bain, Jackson just fits together so, so perfectly well, yeah. in terms of skill set, in terms of age, in terms of personality. Like the whole thing is just a perfect fit with those three players. Uh, all right, and last question. People are thinking about trades and stuff now. What the hell has happened with Jay Crowder? He's just still sitting out there, it's right? The weir- it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> Either like come back and play for this really good team, where, by the way, you would be starting now with Cam Johnson out. Right. Or like, or like, move him for something, like whatever. I don't, I don't. It's the weirdest thing that this has taken so long. I figured it'd be done by the time the season started. I don't understand it. What would be the kind of deal that would he would be involved in at this point? Um, you know, the the problem is that Phoenix is trying to win. So, you, so in theory, they want someone who would help them right now. But if you're trading for Jay Crowder, you're, you're trying trading to for him because you're trying to win, and so that's the hard thing. Um, you know, Milwaukee is a team that's been mentioned, like the Jay Crowder contract and the, um, the, um, Serge Ibaka contract kind of works. How much is Serge Ibaka helping the Suns, um, with Jay Crowder for, um, Grayson Allen? Would that make sense for both teams? Maybe, but Phoenix sort of already has Landry Shamit, who's kind of a similar player to Grayson Allen. And so, like, you know, I, so, I mean, I could see something like that. If I had to bet on anything, Milwaukee seems to make sense. I think Cleveland makes sense, but, like, for what, right? I mean, I, so, I, I don't know. The, uh, and then the other one that I heard being kicked around, uh, there was a uh, Windhorst's radio show. They were debating this or podcast or whatever it was. And they were, I forgot who was advocating it was that the, they were basically saying the Warriors have to trade James Wiseman for something. He's giving them nothing this year. They have a window still this year. And Wiseman might he's, at least have some theoretical value to some future because he's been bad. Well, he's, he, giving yeah. them, he's giving them nothing, and they're giving him nothing. And so, like, no, no, nothing good is coming out of that right. for either side. And so as much as it would suck to, like, you know, trade the guy you picked second or third or wherever they picked him for, you know, for like 25% or less right. of what you would normally value that as um, – at this point, I think I think I, I, I agree. I think do it. You know, trade them for Mason Plumley or trade them for yeah. Jakob Pertl or trade them for whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right, Chris. Thanks. Appreciate it. You can look for Chris's mailbag. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.